world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Get together, have a few laughs. Bastards of the universe! Hey everybody, I'm one of your hosts, the host to the left, the rental king, Ron Avis. And I'm your host to the north, Adam Peterson. And this and is the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. Just a couple of white broads talking just movies. Just a couple of white broads talking movies. Just, just drinking martinis or manhattans or what, what, whatever it is a or podcast of. water or podcast water <laughs> well you know what Sounds. i'm drinking i'm drinking yes podcast bourbon <laughs> yes the official podcast bourbon because you see what i did there Aged i went ahead perfection. and I, I went ahead and used my uh, nickname I, instead of you know this is ron avis and i drink i said this is ron avis the rental king the rental king yeah but i want you people to know out there that i'm still drinking <laughs> I might be your king, but I'm still drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking out of my chalice, uh, my my uh, my fancy goblet of uh, it, well, it's it's a glass cup with a pixelated Mario on the. Uh, oh shit, that's actually Nick's cup. He's gonna be upset because I usually drink out of Luigi for the Big Geek Podcast. Oh man! But that's how we do. We we flip things around, you know. Like yeah, I'll, we roll with it. We go. Yeah, with we the don't flow. let that stop us, you know. No, I, I, I wash the cup. Every now and then. Occasionally. Every 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's a standard. We have standards. We Standards do. and practices. We have cleanliness standards. We all have the yeah. coronavirus. Exactly. We share it amongst each other. Speaking of the coronavirus, uh, what what's up with you, man? Uh, any, any updates on what it is that you're doing to stay home, stay safe? Uh, I, I've, I've completely isolated myself from society and, and it's going fine. I'm not losing, I'm not losing my mind or anything. (laughs) Pretty much no, no changes. (laughs) Nope. I wasn't, I wasn't big on going to places before. So yeah, it's like, Oh no, stay home and watch all of the movies. Okay. I mean, about the only thing that I've done aside from staying, I think I did go out and get my uh, lawnmower repaired. Uh, it, it wouldn't start after the winter season. And Did you do the old the old tune up. Well, I you know I tried to be a dude. I tried to be like a guy and fix it myself. Uh, nice. First, I made sure that gas was in. There, that's it, a key component. <laughs> it it was. It was. A lot of people overlook that one. I know, right? But not me, because I'm a man's man. Exactly. So I put gas in, and uh, was that so? I. Uh, I uh, I did the next thing that came to my mind, and I just went ahead and replaced the spark plug because what the hell? Yes, exactly. I didn't know if it needed it. I'm not even really sure how you would test it to make sure it's bad, but I know I haven't replaced the spark plug since I've had it, so I said, why not do that? That's a fair assumption. Didn't start. I thought, well, what else? I mean, this, there's not much to a lawnmower, right? No, there's not a whole lot going on there. So I'm looking around at things that I can just unscrew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> things that I can just tinker with, take apart. Uh, so I found there was the air filter, and I didn't know there was an air yes. filter. I went ahead and took that off. It was filthy. Uh, cleaned it, didn't start, ordered a new filter on Amazon. Uh, it came in, put the new one in, still wouldn't start. So I threw my hands up, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna. Need, I'm a damsel in distress. I need help. So I took sometimes, it out. Sometimes you just do, you got to do that. Sometimes yeah. it happens. Yeah, it turned out to be the uh, carburetor. Well, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have guessed that. 
I would never have guessed that either. Like, I mean, I know it's it's like a combustion a combustion engine, you know. But yes, um, I don't know anything about cars, so I was proud well, of myself and we don't for use, replacing. We don't use carburetors in cars anymore. I went so. three deep on the old checklist. You did. I I did. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. No, I wouldn't be. But a lot of people wouldn't have made it a spark plug. <laughs> they would have stopped at gas. They were like, I put gas in it. It's supposed to do stuff. But I was a was rad this an electric man. one that did not need gas? Oh, no. crap. <laughs> oh, it's just to plug it in. I just poured gasoline over top Ooh, of it. Oh, I poured gas all over it. And oh, it's not going to turn out well. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't you know, it didn't start. So I just did that to the rest of the lawn, and I don't have to mow it anymore at all. Just but tinkering, covered it all in grass. But tinkering with a lawnmower is a very dad thing to do. Oh, it's a total dad thing. And as luck would have it, the episode we have for today, our... Our coming attractions episode, if you will, our bonus show pre bonus bonus episode pre feature presentation is Rad Dads. Rad Dads. Excellent. Yeah, everybody loves Rad Dads. I feel like that's kind of one of the segments that we're sort of known for. When we get little shout outs and things from other shows, uh, it's one thing that I've noticed that they they've taken away from our show is they like the Rad Dads. See. And if you're not aware, we're pioneers. Yeah, why don't you tell the listeners at home exactly what a rad dad is? Rad dad is a dad who takes a movie that he watched when he was a youngster, just a just a wee lad, just a wee and baby. shows it to his shows it to his children now in order to help them experience what the cinema was like mm. when they were of that same age. Yeah, so we're we- passing on movie all of all of our movie knowledge via some of these classic vehicles very well said and uh you know for me personally i like to know if these movies that i grew up watching and loved hold up to you know a new generation are they timeless scrutiny yes yeah the scrutiny of a of a you know for me a nine and a a four-year-old and uh, for this for this episode, um, I chose the 1991 Disney classic, The Rocketeer. Great film. Great yep. film. And what was it and, that you selected, sir? Um, I, I chose the, uh, the eternal classic, the, the Nintendo video game commercial, The Wizard, mm. with Fred Savage and other people. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's one of the Daniels's. Brothers, right? Uh, uh, we got to, we got Bo Bridges. No, no, bro, not, not Daniels. A, yeah, we got Bo Bridges and Bo we Bridges. Had Christian Slater. Christian Slater. He's a powerhouse in it. Heck yeah, man! He was like all about the late eighties, early nineties. Circa this. I movie. love me some Christian Slater. Me too. Of this era, I, I don't necessarily care for Christian Slater nowadays. Uh, I would. I, he's he's one of the guys. I would. I would really at this point. I would love to see him make a comeback. I would love to see him like have one of those movies. You're like, oh my goodness, maybe maybe it's time for a little bit more Christian Slater in our lives. Kind of like what we had with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I feel like I feel like when when uh, Woody Harrelson was cast in the uh, Hunger Games movies, and we got kind of this resurgence of Woody Harrelson. We're like, oh maybe maybe we're not done with Woody yet. Maybe yeah. we should put him in a few more things. Maybe, yeah, that's a good maybe point. We've got some miles to go. That's a good point. Uh, Woody has uh, withstood. He's he's had a two or three. Uh, stints like two or three comebacks in him yes. during his career. You know, he had the uh, '80s Woodman, who was, of course, uh, on Cheers. Cheers. 
And then he broke into movies in the early 90s with such classics as White Men Can't Jump. And Money Train. And Indecent Proposal. Uh, then he kind of went away for a little while. And then he came back in the, um, I guess, late 90s, early aughts. You know, like he was in things like Ed TV. Yes. You know, other things, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but, but Ed TV just really stuck with us. Yes. Ed TV was good to go for another 10 years. Uh, but, exactly. But it, it, it really was like, you know, like the Hunger Games and then Zombieland. And uh, he just he just wouldn't go away. So yeah, like oh hey, I'm I'm he's he's back, and I wasn't I wasn't planning on this. I didn't think we'd have some more Woody Harrelson, but uh, and he did it I'm too without like okay. a Wes Anderson pulling him along. Yeah, you know, he just keeps finding fresh. He's like he's like a he's like a poor man's Keanu, you know. He kind of is. Yeah, he's like a poor, lesser, attractive, dim, more dim-witted version. <laughs> he is the hemp of actors, oh. which I think just. I think that just befits him. <laughs> Very nice. You know that. Speaking of the hemp, I, that reminds me of this is the end, the uh, apocalyptic movie that we were talking about. Apocalypse movies a couple of shows ago. We were just talking and, about uh, that when they did this sequel to. Um, oh gosh! Uh, oh god! What was the Seth Rogen? Uh, oh, I can't. Where they were like potheads. One point. Oh, Pineapple Express. Thank you. Yeah, they did the Pineapple Pine- Pineapple Express too, and then Jonah yes. Hill was for some reason playing Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like a rube. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it was dead on. Thanks for bailing me out there, buddy. Hey, that's what we do. We're a team. Yes. There's no I in team. Team Rad Dads. Okay. Yes. Um. So I think I went first in the last episode if i'm not mistaken although you know i take that back you read you read uh in the movie mad lips so i, I guess i'll go first okay do I'll, it, man. I'll dip my toe in first do and I'll, I'll just start talking about the rocketeer which um was directed by joe johnston who is um responsible for some some classic movies just sort of you know every four or five years he would he would pump out a classic movie that Americana fell in love with. Um, are you familiar he's, with he's, any of his other work? Um, not off the top of my head, what? but he, it's one of those, it's one of those names that like you, you don't, it's not a household enough name. Right. But if you're paying attention, you're like, Oh yeah, he, he's, he's been somewhat reliant. It's like, it is like clockwork. Like, Oh, it's time for another Joe Johnston one. Well, Joe Johnston was a former ILM employee. Uh, he got his break. With uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, that was like his big directorial breakthrough movie. Uh, but then he went and did uh, Jumanji. Uh, that was him. Great flick. Mm-hmm. The original with Robin Williams, of course. Uh, October Sky, which, you know, is a really, really lovely movie. Uh, with Early Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. And then Captain America, the first Avenger. He directed that. Well, that, there we go. Yeah. So some, some MCU clout. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask him to stick around. They, <laughs> they kind of shoot him like, off. Thank you. We just needed the one. That's but that, that was an excellent movie. And that's one of Nick's. Uh, the, speaking of, you know, royalty, uh, he's, the, you know, he's the Prince of Pixels. He and, is the uh, Prince he, of Pixels. That's one of his favorite superhero movies. Like, it's, it's like top three, I think. It's the first Captain America movie. So he, he The really first Avenger. It. The first Avenger. Um, so, yeah. So that's... Um, that's from Joe Johnston, and the cast is pretty impressive. Um, There's some big names in there. 
there are some good acting, good actors in this movie. So, you know, we sat this down. Uh, it's it's streaming right now on Disney Plus. So if you have that service, you can just queue that up for free if you've already paid for the service. And uh, you can go ahead and watch that. So the kids, of course, hadn't seen it. And the the real the real kind of needle that pushes it over like rad dad is if, you know, Laura will, will kind of look up from her phone and watch along. And, you know, uh, she, she's, she's watched the movies with us as a family. Sometimes she just hates the movie. Uh, other times she's like, not bad. Uh, I'm trying to think of some examples. I think she was okay with Beetlejuice. Um, but what, oh, Labyrinth, she hated. <laughs> she, she couldn't stand Labyrinth. She was just joking on it the whole time. I've had enough of this David Bowie yes, character. This fantasy, whimsical nonsense, whimsy. Uh, but so like Fooey it, and Peshaw, but just, you know, not to bury the lead. Um, she, she actually enjoyed this movie and the kids really enjoyed the movie. They, they really got behind the Rocketeer. There is a Disney show out right now called the Rocketeer. So I think their frame of reference was that, you know, like, and I've, I've never watched an episode cause it's like, you know, it's like a Disney junior show. And I watched uh. a lot of those shows with the kids, but I hadn't, it's a newer show. So I don't know what the Rocketeer cartoon is but i don't think it's based on the um old comic book from one i think from the 80s yeah i yeah. would i was gonna i would really enjoy if it was just like this the same era like really oh. just teach your kids like all right kids we're gonna learn about swing music today <laughs> let's learn about the nazis yeah and, uh, yeah yeah and you you get a dose of the nazis like you have to talk to your kids about what nazis are if you watch this movie with your kids if you want to, you don't have to. You could just say they were bad men. I'm not saying you got to get Germans. into like, you know, deep, deep into Nazism. You don't have to go into the like Holocaust or anything necessarily. That could be a Our downer. Kids. Genocide. <laughs> we're going to watch this movie that I think you'll really enjoy. But first, uh, I'm going to need to teach you in depth about the Holocaust. So <laughs> this is going to take a, a few days. So just kind of strap in because it's going to get pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I'd throw that in there. Exactly. Oh, thank God it so is. So next we'll be talking about concentration camps. No, 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 no. Let's talk about now. let's talk about the cast of the Rocketeer. Um, so right up front you had Cliff Secord. Uh, he is the Rocketeer. He's played by Billy Campbell, and uh, Billy Campbell is an actor that was kind of a fresh face. He was very fresh faced watching this movie. I probably haven't seen this movie in twenty or twenty years. I would say. Yeah. I, 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 it's been, I think I haven't, I don't think I've seen it since it really first came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, for me, like, I watched it a lot on video and when it was playing on, you know, the Disney Channel or whatever movie channel it had its, like, run where they would play it every day and I would watch it whenever it was on. Uh, but, I mean, after that, I don't remember ever watching it on, like, DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. So, this, it was a treat for me. I, I was really trying to, you know, I was watching it with an eye of, like, myself like does this movie hold up like is it as yeah. fun as i remembered it um but yeah billy campbell was actually on a show that uh laura really enjoyed that came out early 2000s late 90s what was it called i if i could pull it up now uh, i'm just gonna do my reverse let's put this greg up. and dharma nope <laughs> dang it <laughs> close though so close no it was like one of those like kind of um, what's the one show that everybody loves now that has um? It's called Raymond. Like, 
what is it? It's like then and now or something. <laughs> I might just be thinking of another show from a time. Oh, that uh, this this is us. Is that the, the, yeah? This is us. It, yeah. it reminded me of this is us. Like it's about two kind of. I don't think two anybody dies necessarily. It's not two brothers. No, no. Oh. It's about these two families. It's more like the Brady Bunch, actually. If I think about it, it's about two families that are like, you know, like they're 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 divorced, and uh, Billy Campbell. Uh, he, he's like the, the, you know, the dad of the one family. And, uh, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up here. Uh, I'm once and again, sounds a lot like step by step. Yeah. It was once and again was the name of the show and okay. it had Cela Ward in it as well. Like Cela uh, Ward Cilla was the, his, you know, his girlfriend or whatever. They're trying to make it work with like the whole large family. So anytime, you know, that once and again show was on, I mean, and like Bruce Campbell would pop up on screen. I'm like Rocketeer. <laughs> there he is. There's, that's, that's he's going to come flying across the screen in that mask. Yeah, I, I've never seen him in anything since The Rocketeer. This is like the only thing I've seen him in, and uh, I don't think I've seen him in anything since Once and Again. Although I'm sure he has been in lots of things. Like he was I'm, in the movie Ghost Town. Yeah, I'm flipping through like his IMDb, and he's still working. Like he he's on a show called Cardinal. Uh, never heard of it. Um, oh wait, there was a Rocketeer TV series apparently that came out. Uh, last year slash this year, so that's interesting. I'm always really impressed, like w- with that. Not not because I just like, oh, I know everything, but it's when I was like, wow, you've been acting for yeah. so long, and you've been in so many things, and I've just not heard of any of them. Well, it makes me like, feel good that they're still doing things because there's a lot of channels thanks to there's a lot of people pumping out content these oh, days. Oh my god, I mean, turn it out like there's no tomorrow. Not only do you have cable channels like Out the Wazoo pumping out content like TNT, TBS, Hallmark Channel, whatever, you've got umpteen million streaming services, all of which have to fill out their, you know, some content for their services as well. So if you can read a line, if you can memorize a line or two, you can have a job. <laughs> you can do yeah, 50 you, to 100 episodes of some show. You, you could walk into the Netflix offices. I got a show about a guy who, who let's do it. Let's make it. Great. When let's can just, you start? When does the guy do what? I don't even care. I don't care what he does. I got just two how, questions. How soon can you guys start? Right. I don't. I can't. I can't be answering a lot of questions. Like a lot of when other can you start? Are you a citizen? Doesn't that yes. doesn't matter? That doesn't even really matter. Do you have bones? Do you have and bones? can you speak? Can you stand? Are you a gelatinous puddle of tissue and 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 skin? Or these are the we got a real low bar set here, guys. <laughs> Pretty much, but you know Billy Campbell's in it. Uh, he's the uh, the uh, he is the Rocketeer, uh, Alan Alda, who plays Peavy, who's always excellent. I love him. He's fantastic, and he has hair. You know, like you, anytime you've seen Alan Alda anything in the last 20, 25 years, he's kind of had like the short kind of cut. Uh, like maybe he has hair, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, but like he actually has like bangs and shit in this movie. So like that really kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, you have Jennifer- I always enjoy his wit. His wit, <laughs> you know, it was his bangs. <laughs> Uh, but no, you have Alan. Uh, not, besides Alan Alda and Billy Campbell, you have Jennifer Connelly, the lovely. Jennifer She's Connelly. she is in there. She's uh, in the movie. Uh, Timothy Dalton, hello, plays He's Neville fantastic. Sinclair. I agree, one hundred and ten percent. Paul Servino, Polly, gotta love him. Gotta love him. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, he plays Howard Hughes. Ed Lauder plays one of the G-Men. I mean, you got like some good actors, actors in this movie. There's some people you'll recognize. And thanks to that, that kind of props up Billy Campbell, who really is kind of vanilla, honestly. And, 
you know, like he he's serviceable, he's fine, he's handsome, and you know, he it's not like Jennifer Conley is she's not yet the Academy Award winning Jennifer Conley at this point. No, she's just a very pretty face who just kind of has to stand there with her mouth half half open, and she just has yes. to look and you know like supple. <laughs> and there. We, there is the there is the ones I think I think it's when Timothy Dalton and her go to the uh, was it the Seaside Club or something like that something like that it's yeah some nautically themed Eddie Valentine's uh, Club yeah and and they go there and the camera like it really does like I mean for like it sounds like it's not a lot of time but like when you're watching something if you really were watching something for five seconds mm-hmm. and again like you think like, five seconds think about just staring at something intently for five seconds the mm-hmm. camera just really kind of pans on her yeah and it just like focuses in and you're like this is really kind of yeah like, it, is, is anybody else paying attention to straight down to her tits is? like it's messed up <laughs> and you're just like uh what what yeah well because d- d- well because uh you know uh timothy dalton is an actor and he's he's you know he, one of his actor buddies comes over and he's introducing her and he's like that he's like mm, doubly charmed or whatever and he looks yes. down and like there's her very very supple boobs yeah you're like uh, see how see how this creepy guy is is staring at her <laughs> yes let's have the camera follow his eyes follow his eyes right and linger <laughs> for several moments guy. but i'll tell you what when when this movie came out i was just entering puberty probably at that point so i was very appreciative of that scene very very appreciative not at all appropriate for 2020 <laughs> yeah you're like oh wow yeah ooh, this one uh my god I this one might that. not pass this the is hashtag disney, me too <laughs> wait a, a second disney film is this uh, part of the casting couch <laughs> wait so yeah the movie is set in 1938 um so that that's important because there's your, you know, there there's like, you know, Nazis and you got the G-Men, uh, you know, FBI and all that stuff. Uh, and I love I love the look of everything. Like everything definitely has that excellent 30s look to it. Yes. Late 30s look. Um, and The Rocketeer is based off a comic book, as I'm sure you know and some others know. You know, like it is a comic book. It was, you know, rushed into production not long after the success of Batman and Dick Tracy. And there was that all of these other movies. They were just like looking for that next big Batman, you know, movie to come out. And this was yeah. Disney's go at it. This, and like, I don't understand. Like, well, there, they, they couldn't do Superman. Right. So like Superman had been done. Batman had been yeah. done. So, you know, they, they, nobody thought, Oh, Marvel, you know, like nobody was going there. They, How about that whole other company that makes comic books? No. Right. Let's <laughs> no. not let's not even think about no, that. No, instead they're going like the Phantom and you know Rocketeer and just like all these old like serial shit. I mean this. I mean the you comic know what kids books. today really love? Kids <laughs> today really love those old radio serials. Can we get some of those in here? <laughs> but it was semi-contemporary to the time. Like uh, Dave Stevens is the guy who wrote and illustrated the original Rocketeer uh, books in the early '80s. So even though, you know, the, it, it took him a good 10 years to make it to film, uh, you, you would have you would have imagined, you would have thought and assumed that these this movie was based on a comic from that period of time. You would just assume. So being a 29 year old movie, I thought The Rocketeer held up pretty well. Uh, it really does. I, I, it's still eff- enjoyable. The effects are good. Um, anytime like, you know, like you'd have Cliff strap on the pack and fly around. You're like they 
they they were clever scenes. Like there's one one point where he it's meant to look like the Rocketeer is is coming down from the sky, but they used like a silhouette of the Rocketeer coming off the side of the building, and it's it's grows and then shrinks, and then you know then they would show Billy Campbell like he just landed. And I was like, that's a clever way to 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 kind of show to the audience that like he was flying. Uh, there's obviously some green screen work going on there. <laughs> they they had to a little bit, but. It you you could tell that the director was a former ILM guy. Like he definitely knew a thing or two. He knew his way around effects. some special effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, right. So, I mean, it was it was like leagues better than like the old Superman, you know, flying. <laughs> yes. Something about this seems a bit fishy. Yeah. This seems like I could I could see some wires there. That's troubling. But I thought I thought it might be fun just to kind of break down some of the characters, just have a few thoughts on each character. Yeah. Um, so like Billy Campbell, as I said, he, I, I thought he really in, did a good job embodying that like 19, you know, thirties, all American pretty boy kind of vibe that he was going for. Um, like I said, I, he was sort of generic, but he had a lot of talented actors around him. So he's going to look a little bit generic next to some of yeah. these guys. Well, and especially, I mean, especially for a guy that has, I mean, he's not had a huge, Stand like when you go back and you, I mean, like when you think about um, some like Robert Downey Jr. roles from the 80s, like mm-hmm. thinking about him in um, Weird Science or something right. like that. You're right. like, oh, you go back and you watch that, like, oh, that's right, Robert Downey Jr. was in this, and you have this comparison to where you see him as Iron Man today, right. like, oh, this guy's totally reinvented himself. Yeah, good point. Billy Campbell, Billy Campbell really doesn't have like while he has a career that has endured, it's not like you were like, oh, yeah, Billy Campbell from. Something else, so right, it's like right? He was right. very capable. It wasn't in like that the role. Rocketeer started him off. Like you think of a guy like Tom Hanks, you're like he had like yeah. a successful early career, and then you know he he kind of like catapulted off into like acting superstardom. You know, yes. You're like, oh yeah, he won an and he won an award for Philadelphia. But remember when he was in Splash, <laughs> the man with one red shoe. Yeah, <laughs> so big. So exactly. that, that didn't really work out for, for uh, Billy Campbell necessarily, but I, I liked him fine. I just, there, there's just nothing super special or memorable about him other than uh, he kind of looked, he had that look, you know? So I, I, I'm happy. I, I know that, or I read anyway, that there were a lot of A-listers um, that the studio wanted to go with. Like your tip, like I think Johnny Depp was one of the people that people were uh, pushing, but um, Joe Johnston really wanted to cast a relative unknown, which is kind of smart. I can get behind that. Especially when you're talking about a comic book character. Yeah. Um, PV. Cause it's, it's a roll of the dice. I mean, it's what yeah. I was like, you, you, if you cast an unknown, then, you know, it's almost kind of, you're kind of doubling down on that. You're like, if he doesn't, if it doesn't work out well, you could say, okay, well, you know, you know, we cast, you know, this, this guy. What do you, what do you of, expect? I mean, we saved money. Like, we didn't, we, we didn't saved, we Tom saved a lot Cruise. of money. We got yeah. Billy Campbell for crying out loud. Cause if you, if you put Johnny Depp in it and it doesn't do well, then you're like, Oh, well now we're just really screwed. But yeah. if you cast an unknown and it works out, then you come out a lot better than if you cast a big name and it doesn't. But I bet they really did have their choice of some big name stars, especially once you consider. Oh yeah. You know, Batman was such a success, and Dick Tracy was a le- you know lesser success, but but still very big. Yeah. Uh, so who wouldn't want to be in like a starring role in the next big comic book movie? Um, PV is Alan Arkin. I 
I think he and Timothy Dalton really are the highlights of the movie. I think the, the I think so too. Them are you know they, every scene they're in is really enjoyable. Uh, they're not chewing. I mean, like Timothy Dalton is chewing scenery, but in the in a way that he's supposed to. He's supposed to. Yeah. yeah. PV is just so reserved. Like all of his his lines are delivered in a very kind of you know almost sarcastic kind of tone. He he's when, very he he's a good number two guy. Yeah, because I he because he plays uh um the kind of the mentor slash number two same same kind of character in that Spencer uh, Confidential movie mm. that Netflix just came out with. Oh, is that and right? So, yeah, and I, and I had just watched The Rocketeer back at the end of February, um, and so it's to have that comparison because I remember watching Spencer Confidential. And it's like it's funny to think that Alan Arkin has really been that you know you know kind of steady, slightly steady grizzled, yeah. sarcastic older oh, guy. Yes, since as far back as I can remember. I just love it. He's just really warm, and there's an ease to him, and I find him really appealing in this movie. He's fantastic. But I, I do think Timothy Dalton is kind of what props this movie up. Um, I, I Jennifer Connelly is gorgeous, and she's kind of my early, you know, lizard brain. My spine, <laughs> like he, she kind of is what sticks out to me in my early viewings. But but rewatching it, I oh Timothy Dalton's what made this movie so good. Yeah, just, she's just kind of there, and I mean yeah. she's she does fine. But it's when I was like, okay. If you had had a cardboard cutout of Jennifer Connelly in most scenes, you're like, this is probably <laughs> oh, this is fine. Oh my god, I'm this works. Doubly charmed. She wasn't available today, so we just <laughs> we drew her face on a pillow and set it in this scene. But but watching him as Neville Sinclair, um, it, it occurred to me that like Timothy Dalton really was very underrated uh, oh, as yes. an actor, and he you know after he was. He played James Bond, mo- mostly forgettable James Bond movies in the 80s. Yes. I think he did two. Um, License to Kill and one other one. Right. <laughs> I I imagine not many people would be able to name other movies that he was in, you know? Uh, like The Beautician and the Beast. Yes. Well, he, well and he, he played a very similar bad guy in Hot Fuzz. Yes. Uh, yes. And and he looks exactly the same. Like he, Yeah, he's not aged. Timothy Dalton. He's made is, some sort of pact with the devil. <laughs> pretty much. So it makes me kind of sad for Timothy Dalton that he hasn't had more of a career. Like, you know, Pierce Brosnan had a very, very long, successful career. Like he was he was Remington and then he was supposed to be Bond before Timothy Dalton got the job. And uh, there was that whole ordeal. And then, you know, of course, once uh, Pierce Brosnan became Bond, everybody was very excited that he was taking yeah. over for Dalton. And he kind of made people... I think Timothy Dalton really got shit on because like, oh, this is what Bond's supposed to be. And and I, I liked him. I thought he was an excellent Bond. But then after he finished doing Bond, like, you know, Pierce Brosnan went on to make other excellent movies. You know, like he just kept making movies. But Timothy He's still Dalton, making movies. Yeah. Timothy Dalton. They're not as excellent though. Yeah. But I, I, I wish I wish he could have. And I haven't looked at his IMDb and he, he may, may very well have like a really great career making movies, making TV shows. Who knows? But uh, I, I absolutely really loved him as Neville Sinclair in the movie. Um, he's a great villain. And, uh, you know, I think he's in hindsight mostly responsible for all of my fond memories of the movie. <laughs> he was in Toy Story 4. He was Mr. Pricklepants. No kidding. But I really like the Hollywood spy, like Hollywood star slash spy thing. I just I think that that worked really well. 
Uh, like, and I, I really, really enjoyed his scenes with Paul Sorvino against each other. You know? Oh yeah. He he'd hired Paul Sorvino's gang to to obtain the rocket, and uh, they they kind of have some scenes together back and forth. Like, you know, it's really good for a Disney movie. You know, pretty pretty uh, intense. Like, you have some some violence, and they have that really big guy who folds a couple people. Oh in yeah, half. the the giant guy. Yeah. Who is, I think it was like tiny something or other, but he has like the yeah. prosthetic face makeup and everything, which looked excellent. Uh, but yeah, so, but he was very James Bond villain esque. Yeah. Oh, he was Jaws. In fact, yeah. when, when he was on screen, Laura's like, is that Jaws? I was like, he's very Jaws like. Mm. Which brings us to Conley, who is just absolutely adorable, very cute. Uh, you know, back in 1986 in Labyrinth. She caught my attention, but she was still kind of a young girl. By 1990, 1991, she was like, whoa. <laughs> she really developed. <laughs> she, uh, uh, Disney wanted you to know she's it. She's a very capable actress all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, she, she was just mainly kind of played the beautiful uh, girlfriend to Cliff. And she, she was excellent. She had a couple of, like, she had the good scene with Neville where she pretended to be too drunk and, you know, kind of knocks him out with a vase and, and finds this, the, you know, the, the plot from the Nazis or whatever, like in his little secret room. Like she does, she, she is a character. She does more than yeah. just look pretty. Uh, but you know, it, she you just, she just reminds me of being that like prepubescent, like kind of <laughs> like horny kid. <laughs> it's like, I'm yes. this, like, Oh my God, did for God. Like, uh, pair this with the 1990 movie, or maybe 91 also, Career Opportunities with John Cryer. No, 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 not John Cryer. Uh, who is that? I can't remember. But you know the you know the movie I'm talking about where like they're trapped in a Target and the Target, yeah, yeah. The... And she's like wearing just like this tight white white wife beater the yeah, whole like, entire oh. movie in black hot pants, and you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> you're like, okay, you guys made some very specific decisions here, and we know exactly why. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the soundtrack, just to get back on track, back on track as an adult. <laughs> uh, I, I thought the uh, the soundtrack was great. James Horner scored the uh, soundtrack, and I, it, you know, it was it's very memorable because I'm, wa- I'm watching the movie and I haven't seen it in twenty years, and I was like totally humming along to it whenever it would kind of build in the movie, you know. So I, I thought that for something I haven't seen in like twenty years, and for me to instantly remember that 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 that's something. This is very true. Yeah. A um, couple other notes that I had made. Uh, the, the movie did open in June uh, 1981. I went to see it in theaters. I remember that. I think um, we did too. But however, it, it debuted at number four for, at the, uh, for the week, which is disappointing, I'm sure, for Disney. Uh, it made $9.6 It was just a very crowded summer. You know, it, it came out. Yeah. It came out during the reign of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and City Slickers. So, two gigantic... And Costner was king. Yeah, Kevin Costner was king, and City Slickers was huge. Uh, and it, it even finished behind Julia Roberts' Dying Young, which is kind of a slap to the face, but... Yeah, that's... Eh, not, not excellent. You're like, ooh, we probably should have gotten over that hurdle. Not excellent. Um, but, you know, just a couple of the memorable scenes that I really enjoyed... Um, I, I like I like the the scene a lot where Cliff kind of stops in to see Jenny as she's acting. She's an she's a college student, but she's also an actor, and she's filming as an extra in Neville's movie. And Neville Sinclair is sort of this Errol Flynn type 
yes. character, you know, is where he's inspired. He's doing a swashbuckling, swashbuckling adventure type film. And I, I really like, you know, he kind of, they're, they're filming the scene and like they, it comes to the point where the girl has to, sh- to deliver her line. Like they do all this like choreographed stunts and then they would come to her and she would deliver like a horrible line. And it She's reminded me of the, the scene from Hail Caesar with the actor who would later be yeah. Han Solo. You know, you know the scene I'm talking about yep. with Ray Fiennes? Like so I think she delivers like a similar line and like she sucks at it and they have to roll it back and do it again. And then of course, you know. Cliff like knocks over a set and gets her in trouble. And I, I just thought that was a really enjoyable scene. I remembered that scene. Um, and uh, I I just really enjoyed uh, towards the end of the movie when uh, Neville Sinclair kind of shows his true colors, and there's kind of like this showdown between Eddie Valentine's gang, uh, and and there's like the scene where you know like the Rocketeer Billy, you know Cliff reveals that, you know, like Neville Sinclair is like a Nazi and, you know, Paul Sorvino and his gang are like, you know, like, Hey, I may not earn an honest living, but I'm, I'm 100% American. I'm American. Yeah. Damn it. And then they like turn their guns and on, on, you know, Neville. And then he pops up with like all of his like little like German guys are just like hiding in the I always bushes. really appreciate when they do stuff like that. Cause yeah. it's like, okay, so you called everybody. Yeah. We're like, Hey, <laughs> low key. I want you guys like, kind right. of like, I want you guys all, <laughs> kind of surrounding this general area so if things go this way if things go wrong i just want to be able to call you and then i'll look like, like a nazis They'll to the rescue all over their faces it'll be hilarious like, i bet you thought i didn't have a ring of nazis surrounding us but i do yeah. but i i just love paul sorvino in that role because like this this is like the year before he was paulie in goodfellas so yes. He's got that same look and he's playing a gangster, which is perfect. Oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, so they, you know, and they got the Tommy guns and shit. And so, like, then the FBI shows up and the G-men and they're surrounding all of the other Nazis. And then all the shooting starts. And then you kind of have a scene where Paul Sorvino's like, you know, like, let them have it. You know, and then you're like shooting the guns and like, you know, Cliff's getting away so you can go save Jenny, who's been you know, captured by Neville and they're like flying off on the Zeppelin, which looked really They're in cool. a Zeppelin. Yeah. That, but that looked really cool. That scene where like the Zeppelin kind of flies over out of nowhere. But the, you know, those were some fun scenes that I, I, you know, remembered, took note of. Uh, is there anything about the Rocketeer? Cause you, you had told me that you had recently watched it too. Yeah. We, we, we just, I went and looked cause like how long ago was it? Cause time really doesn't mean anything anymore. Right, I was right. like, oh, it, was fe- it was leap day. We watched it on February 29th. Uh, okay. So it was just, it was not quite two months ago. Yeah. And um, it was, the, 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 the boys both really enjoyed it. It was one of in the same, it was one of those, like, I haven't seen this in forever. Yeah. And I wonder how it holds up. I wonder if the boys are going to like it. And so we turned it on and they were, they were both big fans. They both really enjoyed it. And yeah, it that's is good. one of those, you're, cause you're, you're kind of like, I mean, some, some of those sometimes, especially, you know, period pieces like that where right. you, you you don't have like I know when I watched it, I didn't necessarily need a frame of reference, but I think there's a there's kind of a part of that today where I feel like kids are because there's so much information that that kids have access to yeah. that they ask a lot. I mean, like it's not like we didn't ask a you know a metric ton of questions when right. we were kids, right? But it's when I was like, it feels like in order for kids to understand. Like my kids are like, hey, who who's that guy? The specialist? Like that's just a guy. He's just yeah. in this. That if I if I told you his name was Eddie, it wouldn't matter, right? 
where they're like, hey, who's that? Why is what happened to that guy? Well, it's cool too to like now that I've watched, you know, like I I I am more learned now, and I I know more things, and like I didn't know who Howard Hughes was, like no no yes. possible way of understanding who Howard Hughes is. Exactly. You know, when you're when you're a student in high school, you don't learn about Howard Hughes. You know, so it was it was neat to see those like little things that went over my head, like when he when he jumps on like the model of the spruce goose and he flies off, yes. and he goes like it can fly. You know, like. This is like little scenes like that just flew over my head when I was a kid, but I'm watching it now and I'm like, ah, ha, ha, you know, so. Though, and those are, those are the things that I like about, it's one of my favorite things about doing things like Rad Dads is some of these movies I haven't seen in forever. Some of them was like, I remember them. I mean, even when, you know, haven't done the, uh, the wizard, it's like, it's, it's been a while since I've watched that, um. So it's like when you watch it again and you do have a frame of reference for a lot of those things, you're like, oh, I get things in this that I didn't get the first time. Yeah. It's like you have a new appreciation for the film. Yeah. And that's, that's good. That's, that's good filmmaking. That is, that is, that's a sign that, you know, like when they made the movie, they weren't just, just catering to children. They were also trying to make a movie that parents could, adults could enjoy as well. So, you know, if you, if you are an, like a parent and you're forced to take your kid to see a movie, um, then you'll you'll have something to take out of it. Like I I could imagine like a, a father, you know, like somebody who was like would be like my dad's age, who digs World War Two stuff. You know, like understands some of the history that that would be neat for them. You know, like they have some they have that to play with. Give them some context for themselves. And 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 if you're if you're like the type of parent who would be, you know, willing to take the time to sit with your kid and go like, hey, would you like to know some more things about World War II? You don't have to, you don't have to get into like gas chambers and things, but you, you could certainly you talk about... It's, it's, not, it's not unallowed if you want to yeah. talk about things like that. You, you could talk about why Howard Hughes was significant. You, you could talk yes. about why Nazis controlling jetpacks as part of their, you know, elite you know, army, like what to give them a heads up, like, why would that be bad for the world? You know, you, you could, you could kind of deliver some context there if you wanted to, you don't have to, but most kids are not going to welcome that, but no, (laughs) some kids kids may. (laughs) Are you trying to teach me some, are you trying to, are you trying to to make me learn outside of school? I'm not learning anything here. I thought we were under quarantine for God's sakes. No, I've already done my NTI for the day. I'm not doing any more book learning. (laughs) Uh, but I, I was happy to uh, see that they they enjoyed the movie. Their attention, even even for Allison, who's four, you know, like she he kept her attention the whole time. And uh, and Laura gave it a thumbs up too. So I I was I felt very good. I felt like a rat. Excellent. To some, it was the fulfillment of a dream. To others, the ultimate weapon. But to Cliff Secord, it was just an innocent discovery. I wouldn't touch that if I... Like a hood ornament. A discovery that will lead to the adventure of his life. I won't not rocket. Not next week, not tomorrow. Now. Oh, we got company. You steer on point. The Rocketeer. Go get him, kid. Rated PG. That so. is vindication, sir. You yes. are a rad dad. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And now for you. So I'll, mine, I'll hand the baton to you. The baton. I will twirl it because I'm a skilled batonist. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that about you, but you are. No, but I am. You were in a marching band. I marched. 
from the University bag. of Alabama. Unofficially. I mean, they didn't actually. It <laughs> was one of those where, like, I would, I would go and I'd march with them. Yeah. And up until the authorities would show not, up. Not on the field, but, you know. No, at a slightly different route. Right. <laughs> slightly different route. Didn't have the uniform or, nope. the, uh, or the authority to march, but I would. It didn't stop me. No, I wouldn't. Never would stop you, because that's my, how dedicated of a, of a baton twirler. That's all I needed. I, I just needed it in my heart, and I would do it. <laughs> so yeah, the wizard man, the uh, wizard, one of my old favorites. So I, I think is, I might have chosen this as a rad dad's movie some time ago. It is. It is a, a 1989 classic. Booyah! Starring Fred Frederick Savage. I don't know if he's actually a Frederick. I just am, probably. I feel like he would be a Frederick. On his birth certificate, kind of it probably says that. Frederick Savage. At the height of Savage Mania. He's, this is, uh, the, uh, in watching him in this, it, it's just, it's a good reminder of why he was such a capable child actor because you're like, he he feels like, uh, you know, a little adult in this movie. You're just like his his ability to emote and to control a scene mm-hmm. and to respond to things. You're like, you seem like just a small old person. Like you're 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 you you're watching other kids in this movie. You're watching Lucas and you're watching Haley and you're watching all of the other kids interacting. You're like Frederick Savage, there's just <laughs> something about you that seems <laughs> learned. Like yeah. you're an old soul. He yes, you took the words out of my mouth. He feels like an old soul. He, he does. it's almost at he he's like the second coming of what a Michael J. Fox, you know, act yeah. type actor. But when when we were introduced to Michael J. Fox, he was already on the cusp of adulthood and, yeah. and family ties. He was there. He was already there. So like Fred Savage was a good five, six, he seven got started, years younger. Yeah, because we because we had him in the Wonder Years, which I yes. know is a, a, oh. a favorite of yours. Oh my god, I love that show. I, I recently had watched the entire series on Hulu. Uh, well, within the last year, and man, does it yeah. hold up so good. And he, I mean, he because he was in he was in a number of things as a child actor, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, these. I mean, vice versa with yes. Judge Reinhold, yes. Little Monsters with uh, Howie, Howie Mandel. Mandel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, there were there were a number of films that he was in as a child actor. Don't like, forget okay. the Princess Bride. He was in that. No, with uh, right up right up against Peter Falk, and you're like, oh my goodness, it's toe it's to toe. And, yeah, <laughs> and he's right there. Yeah, he's right there with him. I, he, I'm a huge fan of Fred Savage. Like his as as a child actor, like and I and I actually dig him a lot as an adult. He seems very well adjusted. Um, yeah, I think because he's he's one of those guys. I don't know that there was ever a time where it was like, oh yeah, Fred Savage went all weird and. Well, he's a know, director, so he went to become. Yeah. He went on to become a very successful director. So like he didn't have he was, success as an actor as an adult, but he didn't he didn't like spiral out of control like a Corey Feldman. He just kind of like shifted tracks and and he became a director. It was yeah because it was kind of like you know he got to a point where it's like I've done the acting thing. I want to do other parts of this business. Right. So let me let me be a producer. Let me be a director. Let mm. me do some of these things behind the scenes because I would enjoy that more. Yeah. Um. And so it was that was one of the things in rewatching this. I was like. Fred Savage is just, I mean, it's not like he's, you know, polished and he deserves an Academy Award for The Wizard. Yeah. But he's it's very like, much a kid actor. 
Yeah, still. he's still a kid. But you're like, when you're watching him, especially against this menagerie of other children, mm. you're like, he's California. Like, how yes. good of an actor do you have to be to just repeat that line? Not very. That's uh, <laughs> and you, you there, you would be, of course, speaking of Luke Edwards, who played Jimmy Jimmy Woods, aka the Wizard. Yeah, the the title character of the movie. The uh, he's autistic, right? Like they wouldn't have they, said it back in the day. Like there, there wasn't really an, uh, you know, like there, but there's definitely like some sort of autistic quality to there was to him. the I think I think what it was because because I was it was when I was like I remember there's so many parts of the movie that I remembered, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was just like, but uh, from the onset, I was like, why were they going? It's like because I know it wasn't just because the video game thing from the onset. It was like, why were they going there? Why were they running away? Yeah, and I was like at the beginning of the film. You have uh, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater and Fred Savage are yeah. kind of one half of this family, right? That exists, right? right. There was a a split, a divorce, uh, yes. And there and and there then there's Luke Edwards, who's Jimmy, mm-hmm. and then um, Wendy Phillips plays his his mom, Christine, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Sam McMurray, who you'd recognize his face before you would ever recognize his name. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, the guy I've seen in a thousand places. Right. Um, he plays his stepdad, and they're kind of the other half to this family. And yeah, he he was the douchebag in Raising Arizona, yeah. like the the husband of the Deptets. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love and that he, actor. He's great. He's oh, he's uh, like I, I think the first place I can really remember seeing him anywhere. Was on the Tracy Ullman show. He back was on the, the Tracy Ullman show. That's right. Late eighties, I think. Yeah. Um, back when the Simpsons first started, um, which is funny because I think he's one of the only guys from that show that wasn't participating in the Simpsons at all. Like everybody else was doing. I think you're right. There. Yeah, yeah. A lot and of the, was, well, other than like, Tracy, Tracy didn't really participate yeah. either. But but it's like outside of Tracy, like <laughs> you he, couldn't he, find like, one single character to let Sam McMurray voice. <laughs> like come on, just let him do somebody. Yeah. Like anybody? No. Okay. Well, whatever. You're just gonna miss it on that gravy train, Sam. Mm. But so the so you got these two, and the the movie opens with. Uh, Did you know that the voice who the voice actor who was Starscream from Transformers was the original Mr. Burns? I did. I did not know that. I think that's true. I, <laughs> I want to say that that's true. Now I'm not so sure. Now that I'm saying it out loud, but I want to say it was Mr. Burns. <laughs> well, we're gonna roll. Don't fact that's check that. That's a hell of a tidbit there, to drop and did not be it. true. <laughs> well, no, it was it was funny. I was watching. Well, nobody died. Uh, he died early on during the Simpsons, and then, and then like uh, who, I forget who it was, like Hank Azaria, one of the other like actors. Harry Shearer does the Harry Shearer, yeah, 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 took over as Mr. Burns after like the first couple of episodes. So yeah, please continue. So, though. Sorry to drop that. Like no, maybe hey, maybe a factoid, maybe not. That is a factoid. I and think, I'm already, pretty sure I'm right told, though. I'm pretty sure. Regardless. No one needs to fact check that because we're. Isn't that an amazing fact? <laughs> it is a fact. It is a fact, and we like that. Yes. Oh, but the uh, the movie opens with Jimmy and his little metal uh, lunchbox, just kind of. Yeah, he's just sort of wandering in the, the desert, right? <laughs> yep, just on the side of the road, and <laughs> sheriff pulls up. Yeah, and you, you get this. Then he, you know, you get this backstory that uh, he's been going to this. Um, sort of institute for years yeah they're trying to figure out you know what's what's off here because mm-hmm. everybody can recognize okay something's off something's off yeah and they're gonna put him in a home <clears throat> and because it's, not even a divorce should turn like do that to a child 
No. Really. Like some something was there even ahead of time beforehand. Yeah. And and you, you come you come to find out he had a twin sister and she drowned. Yes. yes. And so there's some trauma there. And so right. he has he it's 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 funny to look at it, you know, having had kids with um different kind of psychological I mean, we've I've done PTSD therapy with kids. I've done, you know, I've done stuff like that. And it's to see where that is in the year, I mean, in, in the late 2000s, you know, up until just a few, couple of years ago, dealing with that kind of stuff versus they're like, yeah, let's have them build with Duplos. And, you know, we think this might work for a while. Mm-hmm. Some, there's got to be something to what's going on. They're like, yeah. something's got to be going on here. Something's got to be going on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> something's off with this kid. I'll bet we figure it out sooner or later. Hopefully, um, hopefully sooner, not later. Before he sets a yeah. building on fire. <laughs> and so so stepdad, Sam McMurray, the evil Sam McMurray. Oh, yes. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to put that in a home. man, that 80s oh. bad guy, like, haircut. He just has, it's, I mean, like, it He's also the like guy from hair. Friends, if you're a friend of Friends. He was uh, Chandler's boss who slapped him on the ass, like, whenever he did something good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fun. my frame my frame of reference outside of uh because there's so many places that you would see him from yeah my frame of reference outside of the tracy ullman show which is a very obscure place to know it's pretty from obscure it. like yeah even if you're like a, you're a, if you're a simpsons fan you're very familiar with it otherwise you're like tracy ullman like, who's tracy ullman and yeah. why did he or she have a show <laughs> tracy's a boy <clears throat> or a girl i don't know it's like i don't know what this is but uh, he was he was Clark Griswold's buddy in, uh, oh, in uh, that's right. Christmas Vacation. Yes. Oh, so my you're God. The last you're true putting in a pool. Clark. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's like that guy. <laughs> that guy. I was like, he's played that guy in so... Like, that's probably been, the nicest, most decent yeah. character he's ever played. <laughs> that's, that's as close to good as he ever gets. He's just kind of like a guy who's there. <laughs> like, there's no reason for you to be a douche. <laughs> so just kind of exist here. Like, okay, I can exist. Yeah. Won't necessarily He's be just a sympathetic a co-worker. That's, that's yeah, all. He, like, that's the best he can do. <laughs> That's it. That's the height. That's the height of his moral goodness that he can reach. <laughs> Outside of that, it's like, ah, oh, douchebaggery unleashed. Need a douchebag? I'm your dude. I'll be there, man. Whatever it is, like, <laughs> you want to put a special? I'm going to put this special kid in a home. Yeah, I'll do that in a heartbeat. I'm going to go to Arby's for lunch. <laughs> oh shit! I'm going to get a big Montana. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh, I'm more. I'm looking forward more to the big beef and cheddar I'm going to have this afternoon <laughs> than the fact that I'm taking this child from his family and putting him in a home. <laughs> oh my God! Who's thinking of Who's thinking Frosties? <laughs> I, no, want it's a thing. Sorry, <laughs> I want a Jamoka shake. I want a Jamoka shake. I was like, oh, shouldn't Way we be thinking about the well-being? Model of... There, by the way. Oh, I'm I'm all about it, man. <laughs> I know I my desserts and fast food. <laughs> I don't. I I couldn't tell you the last time. I I don't know that I've ever. I probably have had an Arby's sandwich <laughs> at some point, but it's literally been decades. There's a yes, fucking Arby's like 10 minutes from my, five minutes from my house. Yeah, they're there. They're, they're, they're around. around. So, you know, every now and then I'll get a curly fry. It's, a, it's you know, you it's know, it's not bad. It's okay. Arby's. What Will I like it give you Arby's? diarrhea? Yes. Is Absolutely. it tasty? It's, it's fine. Probably not. It's fine. <laughs> It'll fill it's you up. It's like, I like, but... <laughs> I don't know that there's any other. There's not another. I mean, like you have you have sandwich places. Yeah, but it's when I was like, usually at sandwich places, like, oh, what kind of sandwich do you want? You want this kind of meat? This. They're like, we just want. We're like, we're really gonna focus on roast beef. <laughs> we want to make roast beef. That's as how we're gonna make to the our public. hay. 
Because <laughs> now, now they're like, oh, no, no, no. We have other meats. Yeah, we got, we have all, yeah, that's going to, we have all the meats. Like, no, but seriously, yeah, they but- were kind of the, the, the front runners of the whole curly fry phenomenon. They, oh, yes. It's like, give they them know that, their way around a curly And fry. horsey sauce. Like, I wouldn't know what a horsey sauce is if I didn't, if it wasn't for Arby's. If it wasn't for Arby's. They have the college. meats. <laughs> exactly. Ving Rames is telling us. Ving Rames is letting us know. They got. Who's they got always the got Ving. Oh, they got Ving and the meats. Are there? Is there an Arby's open? Is it like open for business within 50, 60? There's got to be. They got Ving There's, Rames, for God's sakes. Yeah. And uh, John Benjamin from Bob's Burgers. Oh, I love He's, that guy. He was, doing, oh, he was doing some of the commercials. Freaking love that guy. You're right. You're right. Now, like, it's un- you can't mistake that guy's voice. He's great. Uh, moving but, on from uh, Sam McMurray. Sam McMurray to Arby's. It's a <laughs> yes. clear jump. Arby's you know, is his favorite guy. restaurant. We, of course. Uh, <laughs> so at the at the beginning of the movie, the threat to everyone's civilization is he's going to put little Jimmy in a home. Yeah. He's the antagonist of the movie. Basically. He is. He's like, oh, no, not a home. Yeah. Because Don't his mom's not pushing for that necessarily. No. But Sam McMurray, you know, he's he's dressed like he's a businessman. He's he's somewhat important. He's like middle to upper he, yes. management. So if he says that little Jimmy needs to go into a special home, you know, he's putting he's the, gonna put him in a home. He's putting the food on the table. He's paying the bills, you know. He's got to do he's, it. Yeah, he's got he's because Bo Bridges, very, he's his his no. lawn business is not cutting it apparently. Not thriving. Not so thriving. <laughs> he clearly has enough disposable income to keep replacing things on his truck. <laughs> his watch at, at the ready. <laughs> yes. In in the late eighties, when you know you don't have access to, you know, the kind of banking facilities that we have thirty years later. Yeah. He's like, he's just got, he's like, yeah, oh, my, my truck has been completely totaled. Well, I'll just pay you right now on the spot in a completely different state. Yeah, he loves you know? that truck more oh, than his family like, himself, for sure. Well, you've completely, like, you've, you've taken my truck apart. How much would it cost? Money is no object. Well, Money he totally, no like, here. rammed Putman with his truck, too. Oh, he did. Like, at that one yeah. point. Like, he's just gunned like, yep. it. <laughs> several times, like, all right, I'm coming after you. Now Putman, by the way, I don't want to get ahead of myself or you, but Putman is one of my all-time favorite generic '80s bad guys. Oh, and he's he's such a buffoon. Yes, when he's a pretty capable guy, but the fact that he's tracking an autistic child through the desert, and and he has he really has no tact about it either. It's no, like when he does finally catch up to him, yes, and Jimmy's just standing. Jimmy's it's it's one of those like this is. I think there were a lot of things from this movie for me that like this just really encapsulated the eighties mm-hmm. is there is, there is, there's a young boy yeah. um, who's by himself in the arcade section of a casino. Um, <laughs> that happens, which I, right? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I, I'm not very well versed in casinos, but this was, was the eighties. Like, this was the, 80s. it's the eighties. There's yeah. like, well, well, your parents are not gambling away your, your college. You might want to play super Mario brothers. <laughs> <laughs> huh? You might want to play the Super Mario because that's how that guy would say that. He wouldn't say the Super Mario. Yeah, Bros. yeah. He would say it the, the Italian way. Like, Mario. That's the Super yeah. Mario Brothers over there in the children's arcade. If you're Italian, you probably would say Mario. I'm just yes. saying. I'm just saying. But uh, but yeah, it's like he just he walks right up to this kid playing a video game, just grabs him on the shoulder, and just grabs him and starts walking out of a of a heavily. <laughs> Heavily trafficked casino. No one says a thing. Yes. No one's just like, yeah, that seems normal. A guy dragging that's an probably autistic his child dad. out of here. Yeah, that's that's probably this is probably on the up and up. It's like what? 
until this, it, it would have worked if it wasn't for Jenny's quick thinking. Yeah, uh, Jenny like, Lewis's. Oh, Haley. Haley was the uh, was yes. the young girl. I, I really enjoyed her. I thought she was good. I, I think I think it's unfortunate that we didn't we didn't get to see a bigger career from her as a child actor because yeah. she was pretty capable too. She was up against, she, Fred, uh, against Savage. Fred Savage. She was she was she was you know she she wasn't overshadowed by Fred Savage. But unlike Fred Savage, she didn't have the wonder years to lean on. No, she did not. And I think because uh, I was, I think in the trivia, I remember reading something about she took up a, a, a an intentional break from acting. Oh, is that um, right? Relatively early on, I think she gotcha. came back to it later in her career. But I think she intentionally took a break. But she I was, enjoyed her. I, I liked her a lot. She she was she was a, a really good compliment to Fred Savage in this. Is these this trio of kids. As it's funny watching it now, um, having kind of that adult perspective is like it was very, uh, it was very Rain Man. I mean, even yes, the plot it, it's like, was. Okay, this is like kids' Rain Man. It's it like, you really, got, really was. I, I agree 110%. <laughs> it's like, this is so you just made Rain Man for kids, you okay. kind of sort of did, right? Well, but, if you think about it, it, Rain Man was like the number one box office movie of 1988, so yeah, sort of like. What if we made this for kids? What if we made Rain Man and Nintendo? We took those two things together that people love, and you put in a little, you smush in a little Fred Savage. <laughs> you, you just, you can kind of envision this guy. You know, he's he's sitting there and is like, "Hey, Timothy, uh, where where are we at on the? What are our prospects for for next summer's? Uh, what what are, what are we gonna what are we gonna put out next summer? And he just his eyes are quickly darting around his just office, glazing over. Rain Rain it's a Rain Man. Rain and, Man's uh, big, and then nin, and Nintendo. Yes, it's like Rain Man, it's... but with Nintendo. Hmm, curious. <laughs> Is that what he's doing? His eyes are like darting around the room. He's yes. like an NES, like on a shelf, and then he's watched the Wonder Years. Cuts to a commercial. You know, he's like, oh, Fred Savage. <laughs> we get Fred Savage. And then, and, uh, and coming then up next the, on the Sunday Sunday night movie Rain Man, you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna put Fred Savage in Rain Man. It's gonna be about Nintendo. We're gonna get the least. We're gonna get the lesser popular Bridges actor. Yeah, gonna, can we get the least <laughs> popular Bridges? Can we get the less handsome Bridges brother? <laughs> you know, everybody really likes Jeff Bridges. Yes. Did you know he has a brother? He does. Who also is for hire. We can get him. <laughs> I do love Bo Bridges. I think he's like such a dad. He's uh, a very endearing character. And him and Christian Slater go perfectly together. You know, speaking of um, you know Disney Junior and <clears throat> watching shows with the kids, there's a, there's a show called Big City Green. Uh, it's it's actually a really cute show. It's like pretty humorous and good. Uh, the the dad character is so Bo Bridges' character from from The Wizard. It's amazing how much he reminds me of Bo Bridges from that movie. If you've it, if those you, you you dads out there who've seen Big City Greens are nodding your head right now. You're going, "Yep, <laughs> that's Bo Bridges. That's Bo Bridges. That's where they stole this whole entire character from." But speaking of Christian Slater, you know, it's it's just funny to see him pop up in this movie. You know, it, he, it really. I mean, it's not. It's not. It was not his standard fare for the. No. Was, I mean, because he, he was kind of. I mean, it's funny. This. Well, he this, done Heather's season. already, right? Yeah, I was. I was. That's. I was literally watching that earlier this evening. Oh, and I'm like, great movie. Uh, this is. I mean, because and he. Um, you know, and then, Gleaming the Cube. Maybe. Yep. Well, maybe Gleaming the Cube came out in 1990. Well, True Romance all, came out a that, year or two after that. And uh, when did he do Pump Up the Volume? Because that was kind of that was 1990. 
Okay, so they, I mean, all kind of in that same. He had a very specific image that it seemed like he was really trying, oh you yeah know, cuffs teenage Jack um, Nicholson. That was his whole yeah. Name. Oh, totally. <laughs> and, and I was so buying this, it left and, and right. This, this vehicle it was one of those like, what is what is Christian Slater doing here? Is, <laughs> yeah, is someone gonna at the end of this? Will someone either need to be? suspiciously murdered or <laughs> is there a bomb in place somewhere? where is there going to be a skateboard scene some at some point will will there be a like uh some sort of gun will he pull a gun from his back like you know like you, you pull out the gun because he did cuffs too like that was a yes. movie that he was like famous for in the early 90s but i it was it was i think you're right i think like he as bowbridge's son and also the big brother to fred savage it th- those three together really are a believable family they they are they, they uh, th- there's a lot of credibility there that was like, really okay. good casting it really was cuz they were i mean like in the, at the beginning when they're uh, cuz they really i mean they don't have a whole lot of scenes together no not really but their their initial scene where bowbridge's has made his uh his disgusting casserole and nobody wants to eat it. And um, Fred Savage goes storming out of the house. And right. then Christian Slater goes after him. You feel like he's his big brother saying, totally. hey, let's go down to Dairy Queen. You know, it's on me. You know, and that was yeah. just like a big brother. It, r- brother it felt kind of very authentic. So, yeah, you know, even though they only had a few minutes of screen time together, uh, I, I was believable as as a family. So, like, I, I really, really dug that. And I also really, really enjoyed the scene where, uh, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater are like in a motel, and they, you know, I, th- I think Bo Bridges can't sleep, and like Christian Slater's playing like Ninja Gaiden on the Nintendo. He, he's playing the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, is that what it was? Yep. Yeah. And so he, like, Christian Slater falls asleep, and then like he wakes up to his dad, like, up all night trying to beat the seaweed level from TMNT. <laughs> well, that, that was, that was what was funny was, um, because uh, the Christian Slater and Bo Bridges, because I read this while I was while I was watching it, neither of them were into Nintendo at all. Yeah, when they signed on for it, which is funny because like kind of the main thing is like, yeah, we're making a Nintendo movie. Like, Are you guys into Nintendo? It's like, nah, no, not at all. Uh, it was very much Good. considered to be a toy back in nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty nine. And so, but going through the movie, they both became huge Nintendo fans. That's from cool. Playing it. That's cool. And it was, and because it, it's it's funny how kind of inorganically it comes like for for jimmy <clears throat> it was when i was like hey we're you know he he's playing double dragon in the uh the the cabinet machine there in the bus station when fred yeah. Savage is trying to get him out of town so it's right. like it kind of makes sense like wait a minute how did you do so well at, at this video game and so he kind of discovers this hidden talent no but then, it kind of runs in the family right and then you you have this moment where I, um, the uh, the tires have been spl- slashed by Putnam, and they're having to get the tires replaced. <laughs> yeah. And so um, Christian Slater is seen in like this office playing Nintendo, right. and Bo Bridges comes over. He's like, what, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I found I found uh, his his old Nintendo was right. in the back of your truck." I'm like, right. "Why was his Nintendo in the back That's of your truck?" That's not where you would truck? keep something like that. And I was like, "1988." That was a treasured know, thing, possession. If you were like, a kid. What is Fred Savage doing keeping his Nintendo in the back of his father's work pickup his truck? His work truck. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put my whole Just game sort of system. leaning up against a, an oily gas can from the like, lawnmowers. There's an, there's an unpotted tree 
anchored in the back, like just standing straight. <laughs> yeah, you're I was like, right. this you're is right. clearly this is a this is a, a a beat up work pickup truck yeah. for a lawn care business. Yes. Yes. A lawn this care lawn perfect, slash lawn like landscaping business. <laughs> this is the perfect place for me to keep my because in nineteen eighty nine that system would have been, I mean, several hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, several hundred dollars. And the games. And like, like, he had that, like, that carrying case, case with the games. games. And the games are, like, 60 bucks a pop in, like, 1988. Yeah, like, That's, like, you know, once you account for inflation, you're talking, like, $80, 80 85 bucks. Come on. You're not just going to so keep like, that next to an unpotted tree. And and no one in, no one in this family seems like they're, you know, just really that well off. No. No, they're it's like, like okay. total working class. Yeah, one one like, check away from being out on the streets. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so he's... You're burning casseroles. So, Bo Bridges, not only are you taking a week off from the business you run, <laughs> which I don't know if you have other employees or if it's just you. Yeah, it's just it's a like, family okay, thing. Yeah. So no income coming in. But in addition to that, it's like you're spending thousands of dollars on these truck repairs. <laughs> It's like I get. It's like okay, it's your kid. So it's like, yeah. well, uh, I suppose I'll take a laissez-faire attitude towards my child has run away. <laughs> no, I got to keep working. Let me know if he calls. Uh, oh, I love it when you put it that way. Just give me, hey, Christian Slater, give me a heads up if if uh, your brother and uh, our autistic son, uh, <laughs> if, if he, if they check in at any point. <laughs> And it's convenient for me to discontinue my <laughs> landscaping. <laughs> so I, I get that he's like, you got to hit the road, but it's like, there's just so many of those things. Like, it's, I, I felt like I was sitting there, was like, am I nitpicking this? Like, no, I'm not nitpicking this. Like, Christian Slater pulls his entire Nintendo gaming center out of the back of the pork <laughs> truck. I was like, oh, yeah, here's all his games. And then it's like, yeah, I just plugged it into this crappy TV that they yeah, have here in like an the office. Like, the mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, oh yeah, who I just decided this. By the way, I just decided I'll play some video games here. Yeah, that's like, never what? happened to me once ever. It's like, so <laughs> while I wait for my car to be repaired, you. Yeah. <laughs> as it uh, turns out, we have the entire Nintendo Entertainment System oh just with us. How did that happen? But it doesn't. It doesn't matter how goofy or no. silly this plot. I mean, like the movie has a Metacritic score of twenty three out of hundred. It doesn't matter. It it's it's all about Fred Savage and it's all oh, about yeah. the Nintendo games, which yeah, it was a, know, it was a Nintendo commercial. As let's see, in nineteen eighty nine, I was like twelve, eleven or twelve. So I was, I, I was you know I was playing these NES games, like I had yeah. all these NES games, and you know Super Mario three was like the big reveal, you know. Oh yeah. In in nineteen eighty nine, most American kids were still playing Super Mario Brothers two, after yep. years of playing the original Super Mario Brothers. Whereas in Japan, like they'd had Super Mario Brothers three like completed and it had been out for like a year, but it hadn't yet to be released in the U.S. So you know, if, if you're like me and you're subscribing to the Nintendo Powers and you're playing the Super Mario one and you're playing the Super Mario two and you didn't even know Super Mario Brothers three existed unless you had an uncle who worked for Nintendo, which some kids had that uncle, uh, you know, like it was a shock and surprise and you were just so excited. This is pre-internet world, you know? So like when you go and watch this movie in theaters and you get to see a glimpse of like the new Super Mario Brothers Super movie. Mario Brothers 3? Oh my gosh. Holy shit. Get the warp whistle. Because, <laughs> and, and that really want going back and watch it because when Christian Slater is playing that game in the office of the mechanic, he's yeah. playing Super Mario Brothers 2. 
Mm-hmm. And so you get, because I think between, because uh, you get, so you get double dragon. Where the hell did I get and, Ninja Gaiden from? I guess maybe they, 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 they were playing. Um, he, maybe that was like scenes. a montage. Ninja, Ninja Gaiden was the, the first round game that he played. Oh, okay. In the, okay. In the Thank video you. Armageddon. I'm not crazy. Okay. Okay. Oh, video yeah, Armageddon. There were, oh, I love that. And there were, uh, I think he had played at least one other time leading up to it. <clears throat> well, they, but, I mean, it okay. Was, can I can I talk about the montage real quick? I'm so sorry, dude. Ooh, go for it. I Absolutely. gotta I gotta mention a very real thing that used to used to be in the 80s. Doesn't exist anymore because you have the internet. It's just totally irrelevant. Exactly. But Nintendo counselors, yes, people that you could call on the phone. And they would like, just like in the movie, you know, like I'm stuck on this level and you got a fucking dude like to, to be able to see what it was like on the end of that phone. And this is like sanctioned by Nintendo. So like it probably yeah. really was sort of like that, you know, like this is like a filing cabinet with binders and, you know, like this is how you'd beat Castlevania too. you know, like if you get stuck yep. here, I, to see that in a movie. I mean, like I was like, this is my rosebud. <laughs> like, yes. I was so excited <laughs> to see an honest to God Nintendo counselor uh, you know, as they're as they're preparing, as they have that montage in Vegas where they're preparing to to win video Armageddon. Ah, oh, so good. It's the it re- it's like <laughs> it was it and it was because that that was the thing I remember as a kid it, because it was it was like. You know, it was a ninety-minute Nintendo commercial. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Nintendo was the name. You got the anyways. power glove for God's sake. Oh, the, you know, it's it's so bad. It's so bad, <laughs> Lucas. I mean, Lucas, uh, Luke. Oh, and his Lucas fucking Lucas like, hair. <laughs> oh, he was he was just the epitome of that kid. He was the eighties personified. He's like you could pick any of these games. I'm good at all of them. Right. Let's play Radmobile. Now, I will say that there's there's an episode out there of the Big Geek Podcast where Nick and I, and I think maybe even Martin too, or the Chinese, the chairman of the Chinese knockoff Martin, uh, we, we did like a whole episode dedicated to disappointments in video games. And uh, the Power Glove was one of my choices because they made it seem so cool and so intuitive and interactive in the in the wizard movie. And you put it on, it's actually dog shit. Like it doesn't work at all. <laughs> Well, because he, I, I never, I never, I never even, you know, got as far as to try one on. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, I would totally movie, buy one nowadays. By the way, just to have one and put just it to on. have it. Oh yeah, I would totally buy well, one. The but it, but as a movie, gaming peripheral, it's trash. Because he, he makes it seem like here, I'll put this glove on, yeah, and I'll drive the car like I would drive, yeah. a yeah. Like Normally. virtual reality not, or something. That's not how it worked, right? Nope. It was it was nope. just like a they glued a controller to your forearm and now <laughs> well, you're they didn't have the glue game. necessarily. <clears throat> no, but here's how it worked. That there were two sensor bars that you put. There was a there was an x-axis and a y-axis, and you 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 glued it to your TV. And then you had like a like a uh like a instruction manual that you had to like a Texas instrument type instruction manual, like many, many pages. And what there were there were love. gestures, yeah, yeah. You're totally gonna dive into a Texas Instrument style instruction manual that's like 80 pages, if you're my age at that time. A little light reading, <laughs> a little bit of light reading, and you know, yeah. There's there's like little motions that you know, like would like okay, if you if you gesture this way, that'll move your character left, but you're not gonna put your hand like you're putting it on a steering wheel like he does in Radmobile and like kind of yeah. going like no, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Or if you're playing, like, I remember in the commercial for The Power to Love, like, there was a boxing game. I think it was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And the dude in the commercial's, like, punching up. Like, it doesn't work like that. 
It's one of the first, is, it was one of the very first examples of, you know, like advertising being way cooler and better than what it actually was. Yes. Like I learned like a valuable lesson as a child with the power glove, but yeah, Lu- Lucas totally friggin' lied to me. <laughs> oh, he, he pulled the wool over. It was, what was funny was, um, <coughs> I, uh, we're, I'm a big fan. Of, and so by <coughs> extension, my kids are also big fans of the cartoon regular show. Um, mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network. Mordecai. Oh, honestly, like I have so many cartoons that I love from when I was a kid. And I think, I mean, outside of like, you know, King of the Hill, uh, adult cartoons that have come along. I think my favorite kids cartoon, cause it really is genuinely geared. It's geared towards both. I think kids mm-hmm. really, it's a kids cartoon, but it's also. And that, again, that's made gr- by fantastic writing if you can make oh, like it, i feel like gravity falls is in the similar vein of that it, it, it's very yeah it very much is in a similar capacity because the uh justin roiland is yes uh he's buddies with the guys that did because exactly. they were supposed to connect those there's one other show gravity falls yes rick and morty and one other show they were all supposed to have gags that connected but i think three yeah i've read stories online where you know they, they kind of pair them up where they go through a portal or something and yeah they're supposed to be in the same yep. universe but, oh yeah, um, if you're and the people that went from uh, Gravity Falls, like many of those animators and writers and voice talent, they went on to do Ducktales, which is like a yep. it's man, Ducktales is so much better than it has any right to be. Yeah, it really is. I loved the '80s version and the early '90s version, but like the new Ducktales is like way better. It's fantastic. It's so and it's got good. David Tennant. It's got David Tennant, and I'm whatever David Tennant is in, I'm totally fine with. He's a fantastic David Oscar. Tennant is a guy who I wish could weasel his way into the MCU somehow. <laughs> oh, he needs to. Desperately. He definitely needs desperately. to be in the MCU. Couldn't you just see him as like a Cree, like a Cree, like one of those type of guys? He, he, I, he, I would, I, and I could, I, I would love, I would love seeing him enter from the Doctor Strange mm-hmm. realm of things. Mm-hmm, He'd mm-hmm. be fantastic there. Absolutely. I'd love to see him in a Guardians Absolutely. movie. Ooh, yeah. He would too. Because, He's so David Tennant is just so incredibly. I gotta, and I gotta believe that at some point David Tennant's gonna make his way in the MCU because he's just it too just, talented. It seems it seems like because uh, the other thing is they're gonna run out of actors, right? They're gonna run out of people that's not in the MCU. <laughs> They've already like, got oh, Christian left? Bale like coming on yeah. board. It's like oh, we got David Tennant and Bo. Bridges. Who hasn't that's been in the it. MCU yet? Okay. <laughs> but anyways, but, back uh, back to the uh, wizard. Back to the wizard. Back to the wizard, yeah. yeah. So the and the my kids, my kids, when they when they saw Lucas come on the screen and they saw the power glove, oh my god! They remembered because there was an episode of a re- regular show where they oh, talk about the oh no power kidding, glove. no kidding. <clears throat> and they do they have um, Mordecai and Skips, two of the characters. There they go to a video game competition to try and win the power glove, mm. and it's a whole big thing because oh that's so cool. Mordecai he he purposely leaves Rigby out because he's not a good video game. I, I need to start watching that show. It's it's a phenomenal show, but the 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 whole joke of the entire because they're only eleven minute episodes the the entire joke of it is they win the video game competition they win this power glove uh, I forget what they call it but do they call it the power glove I can't, I can't remember if they do or not I feel like they might <laughs> That's but so it's clearly awesome. it's clearly the power glove right but they right. get it home and they're like this thing sucks. And it's, I mean, that's like, the, that's the whole joke of the episode is like, they do all this stuff and they defeat I, the crazy odds. I, I asked for the power love for like as a birthday present. And I was, I just remember being so disappointed, heartbroken by how sucky it was. <laughs> it just, 
it's there and you're like oh, no it looks no, so is- damn cool like there's no doubt it looks cool like if you could just take that into school with you and wear it and be like nah let's not play nintendo with it necessarily but it looks cool <laughs> on nintendo i mean like i i've i've not been a faithful gamer throughout the years but one of the things even just kind of being on the fringe of that whole world is nintendo has always seemed like they've been um they they've always tried to pioneer as many different things as they could peripherally they're pushing they they're yeah they're always trying to push they're always trying to push for the like next technological advancement yeah. like they're very gimmicky with uh and gimmicky has a negative connotation necess- but i mean but they they've always been very fascinated with motion controls and they hit they hit a home run with like the Wii and yeah. their motion controls there. And like, it, you know, further it progressed with like the Wii U and then also with like the switch. Like, so they're, they're very experimental with their technology. And the power glove was just one of those stops along the way. Uh, and I love Nintendo's for, for that. I, I really dig that. They, they will try things. Um, but along the way, if you, if you know, you're buying the Nintendo powers and it's very like, as a kid, you don't get that Nintendo powers actually run by Nintendo, which is sort of a conflict of interest. Like when you're talking about like a legit media, uh, like news source, you know, like they, they can't possibly be unbiased. So you're getting like these, getting these good reviews for things that are like really in reality, just not very good. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. And I, you know, at that time, that video game culture was really exploding. Mm. And, and so, I mean, you, and I mean, there, there were other systems, but like nobody was really competing with Nintendo when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. You had your Sega master system and then your later, your Sega Genesis and things like that. But Nintendo was king until Sony yeah. came along with PlayStation. Nobody could touch Nintendo. And, and the wiz the wizard I think is, is perfect evidence of, you know, the height of, of just that the the Nintendo decadence we're like we're going to make a movie that's really yes. just a, it's a rip off of another movie and it's a commercial for Nintendo stuff You got 50,000 on Double Dragon? Frick Savage has a plan. Look at him. He's a wizard. He's headed for the video championships. It's going to take a lot of talent. Yeah, Here we come. A little romance. I am not kissing a boy. And the wizard. Video Armageddon. You can do it. Fred Savage in The Wizard. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Starts Friday, December 15th at theaters everywhere. Yeah, I think that like if you're a kid who's into video games as a just like a relic, like a neat little history lesson, just watch The Wizard because it really it's, does. It, it really and it it holds up. It's fun. Both my kids loved it. Oh, my kids loved it too. Oh my, because like my son is like a big gamer. Like he's taken after me. Like he loves video games, and he was like just mesmerized by the idea of this like whiz kid video gamer. You know, like he loved that in a tournament. And you know, it was it was funny too because I um going into it, I was trying to. It was like the kid. I was like the kid that played Jimmy. I was like, was he in anything else? And then it didn't hit me until right before I was pulling it up. And I went on IMDb. He was in. Uh, he was the kid in Little Big League, um, who his when his grandfather dies, he was the owner of the Minnesota Twins, and he hmm. left the whole team to um, to his grandson, who was a huge baseball fan, and he was hmm. played by Luke Edwards. Hmm. And it was because in my in my childhood, growing up in Minnesota, I was a Chicago Cubs fan. Always have been my entire life. But it's funny because in the height of kids' sports movies in the 90s, you know, we had The Mighty Ducks, which was a Minnesota movie. Yep. 
and we had rookie of the year, which was a kid's Chicago movie, thing, and yep. it was Cubs, right? And then you had Little Big League, which is a kid Minnesota Twins, who, right? Minnesota Twins, it was right. like it's like sports kids movies were were made. I for feel me. bad like, for kids; they don't have the whole like baseball kind of. Yes, uh, you know, like baseball just isn't what it used to be. No, it's not. I don't think any kid cares about baseball anymore. <laughs> not like I my my kids are fascinated with because I have a, I have tons of different trade. I have football, baseball, basketball. Yeah, uh, Mar. I the, they've been infatuated with my Marvel trading cards because uh, we got those out and they love looking at them. And they I've given them a, a, a stuff that I have three, four, five of they're like, all right, they've filled up their own little binder. So they have their own binders of cards and they look at them. They were going through all my, a bunch of my old baseball cards. And I was just like, you know, that was such a, I mean, movies, movies like this, uh, you know, I think really just embody a, a bygone era of like, you know, playing Nintendo with your friend, like you would get home yeah. from school, you'd go play Nintendo with your friends, you'd play outside. Yep. We would ride our bikes to the, to the gas station to buy candy and buy baseball cards. And like all of these things just kind of that, you know, eighties, and 90s world that we grew up in yep. just doesn't exist anymore. I don't think so. Now, it does bad. do my heart good. Like, you know, I, I don't care about it personally, but like to see Pokemon cards still being a thing, like you to, yeah. you know, like Logan will buy the Pokemon cards and he'll open them up and he's hoping to get the good card, you know, that excitement. Like, he's not getting a rated rookie or a rookie card, but he's getting yeah. an EX card, you know, and like he's like, he's like rolling, he's like flipping through and he's like, got it, got it, got it, you know, need it, you know, like that whole kind of thing. Yes. It, exactly. It's, it's still alive, but just not in the same way. <laughs> it's, yeah. And, and, it, and that's, I think the thing about it is like when you can, you take that and you know the fun that exists. Cause I, I mean, I remember that feeling like you're going through the pack of cards, like, yeah. oh, and you would find that one. You're like, oh, yes. Oh, oh my God. Straight yeah. up in the front of my binder. <laughs> I was like, and I, I was like, I got a special case for this one. Yes. I was like, cause my, my, uh, I have, um, Mark Grace was my favorite cub that, uh, that ever was. And I, it's, it's, I don't think it's worth anything, but I have his, his rookie card and it's in a, a big thick case and it's up on my, yeah. Uh, on Mark my Grace's rookie card was what, 1988? Yeah. Baseball so, cards are so mass produced by nineteen eighty eight, they're probably not worth anything. But to you Exactly it's you know, they're like, Who's that yeah. guy? It's like that's my f-. and so it's yeah. it's one of those like it's a piece of like, okay, here I can share this with you. And they're they were going through my my, my baseball cards the other night and they're <laughs> they're five and seven and so they have no frame of reference and they're just like this guy looks cool it's like oh look and, and look, at the, like, look at the mustache on this guy <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like I, I want these cards like you literally have four of the exact same card here. yeah <laughs> yeah he's like, i don't care he's like he's like and i'm like i, I really should pull out my old baseball like, i know exactly where they are like i got the old i got i still got my binders that are like my valuable yep. cards you know like I still have them. You know, I have some old baseball cards, some basketball cards, some, I even have a few hockey cards. So, nice. But like I kept them, you know, I didn't want to get rid of them and I know they're not worth anything because, you know, back in those days, like I feel like we as kids were kind of tricked into thinking that they would oh, yeah. somehow become really valuable because in the early 80s, late 70s, and like, of course, going back to like Mickey Mantle and like those cards, this is the yeah. kind of thing you're going to get. Like, we totally buried the lead once again with Cinemasters. But like, welcome to Trading Cards Podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Trading Cards <laughs> Podcast. But but seriously, like, I would I would invest in like the Beckett's, like, you know, oh, the magazines. And, and, you know, like there was another brand of the magazine, like. Like the Beckett was like your gold standard. Be- the Beckett price guide, that was that was what you lived and died by. Yes. <laughs> that was your stock prices. Uh, that was your NASDAQ. 
<laughs> it's just funny. It was like, oh, let's see. Has my Frank Thomas card? Oh, it's up 10 cents this month. Oh, shit. It's got, a, like, it's got an up arrow next to it. It's appreciating. Oh, my God. My Billy Ripken, fuck you, 1998 Fleer card is not worth $100 anymore. (laughs) Oh, no. My Tony Gwynn's. My Tony Gwynn's are going down. No. I'm going to be in the poorhouse. Yeah, like that was your retirement. I was planning on retiring on these. And now I have tubs and tubs of worthless cards. Like, it's like, oh, that card that used to be worth 100 bucks is worth like 50 cents now. Like, ah. But so. it's it's funny because like I have gone I've gone onto eBay and I have bought boxes of cards. Oh, I should and do have that. A, I should it, do I, that. like it's one. It's funny because I mean it's it 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 can I mean depending on what you're getting, they're not worth it, the shipping. No, they're not. They're not at all. But it's funny because you get like to have like an hour or a couple of hours yeah. of feeling like you're ten years old again. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost it. like I'll well pay that. It. I'll pay that to get transported back to being ten yeah. years old. Because I, I, can I get a I Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card in this bad boy? <laughs> yeah. <Ooh. laughs> oh shit, Todd Zeal, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, and I think I think that's I mean even tying it back like what we're talking like rad dads yeah that we're take we're taking those things that were meaningful to us in that era in 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 that time when we grew up in when things were I mean because I I think I really do I mean I know everybody kind of has their generation we're like oh things were this is how things were yeah yeah, yeah. and and so it's it's always going to be circumstantial to when you were growing up when you were a kid sure sure sure, sure. but for us in the eighties and nineties as like there really was uh, it feels like it was uh, the last kind, the last variety of that kind of special. I think so. I really After, did, Once yeah. you get into the 2000s, it's just er- everything will kind of continually be different. Everything have became online at a certain yeah. point. And it's uh, it's cool. And, and I, kids I think do get together and ride bikes still. Like, yes. it, it, I feel so, like, I'm so heartened to see things like that. Because but it'll good. never be exactly the same, I don't think. No, it won't. But it's, it's as nice. As TikTok and, and shits. <laughs> like, <laughs> eating up everybody's attention that i i don't i don't fully understand that whole view because it feels like it feels like tiktok welcome to is, old guys complaining about tiktok yes <laughs> we have we have in the last four and a half minutes we have once again transitioned to an entirely new format see we bring you variety uh. If you were, if you were tuning in to talk here, let's talk about the wizard or the rocketeer. Just hold on. Nope. Just well, hang we on in that. <laughs> Those are good movies. Watch them. They, they give our stamp of approval. Now we're going to complain about the world as it exists today. These damn kids and their TikTok. <laughs> now we're going to yell at clouds for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, the, the, as far as I can tell, TikTok is only like, all right, <laughs> let's let's do weird dances. Yeah. And yes. then conspiracy theories. <laughs> like, that's all. Like, here's weird facts you didn't know. Then, oh, here's yeah. a dance. Yeah. It's like, here's what? a choreographed dance. It's like, that's I think you're right. Like, I think that's like the bread and butter of TikTok. Those two it's categories. just people like, hey, did you ever notice that when this happens, this happens too? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then, oh, just, Jesus oh here's a fun little dance. You know like, what's funny too is like during this like quarantine, like the whole COVID nineteen thing, like uh, grown ass adults are like taking over TikTok. <laughs> uh, yeah, and <laughs> I have so many cousins who are like my age who are doing like TikTok every day, and this is yeah. like their job now, and they're really good at it. <laughs> like their kids like, are I'm going to be like, TikTok God famous. It. Like, like we had something for a few minutes. <laughs> I was like, we had some guys, and you crushed it. Yeah. Uh, I have I've purposely I have not watched. 
whatever that Tiger <laughs> show is. Yeah, I haven't either. That everyone was, was yeah, like, yeah, everyone Joe, like, oh, Joe yeah, Tiger, dude. whatever the hell. Yeah, the Tiger. Oh, God, you ever watched the Tiger thing? I was like, no, and the I'm not tiger, going to. The Tiger Hunter. <laughs> I was like, yeah. People were like, oh, Carol Baskins. You know about Carol Baskins? Nope. I know about Josh Baskins. Yeah, from she, big. Apparently, he she killed his husband. That's all I know. Yeah, I was like, there were that's tigers. That's the meme. Like somebody died, but <laughs> that's it. I, I'm like, such oh, a contrarian. Like, I won't watch anything that's popular until like five years after it's not popular anymore, and then I'll go back and watch it. And then I'll be like, I saw Heat. <laughs> heat? That came out like six years ago. <laughs> we'll talk about you want to talk now. about it? Loser. No. <laughs> Loser. Oh, Jesus Christ. But no, we we should right really wrap you. this up. <laughs> we, can, we can keep this going for another, I don't know, three, four hours. You know what else is wrong with the world today? Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <sighs> but yeah. So, The Wizard. You yeah, The Wizard is a great movie. Oh, I, oh, think, I think we've got more money. Like, this this double feature of the Rocketeer and the Wizard, probably the best ever Rad Dad we've ever done. Yeah, we we've had some a lot excellent movies, some really highly recommended movies. But this something clicked with these two movies. I think it just it, like made it the best. Come on, come on! It's Jennifer Connelly and Fred Savage for crying out loud. Yeah. I want a mashup of the Rocketeer and the Wizard. Yeah, <laughs> can I get that, please? Oh shit! So can we do a little bit of house cleaning that we probably should have done early on in the episode? Now is it a good can. time for that? Okay, I think it's a perfect time. <laughs> so the Cinemasters of the Universe has its own feed now, its own podcast feed. If you we we're no longer mooching off the Big Geek podcast and the feed. So if you if you are listening to us via that feed, you know I guess it's cool. Go ahead and keep listening through that feed, but you're not getting too many new episodes of the Big Geek podcast. Although we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make some new ones. We're st- we still enjoy doing it. It's just like the the Cinemasters universe. We're just doing we're just doing episodes because we can do it more easily remotely. So and we're never ever 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 going to run out of topics. <laughs> no, clearly. So, but if you if you enjoy these discussions about youth today and TikTok and movies about you know from from the eighties and nineties, if you if you just really want to like listen to us talk about those things, just go ahead and open up whatever it is app, whatever whatever app, whatever website that you use to to listen to podcasts you're listening to us right now just do a search for cinemasters of the universe and look for that gorgeous beautiful piece of art that we paid for <laughs> that I we feel, paid I feel like good this. money that that adam's own sister just was impressed with like, yes she like, was very impressed. what is this beautiful thing what has happened this is legit like that's all you I, kept I, saying. Like we are legit. We're legit. We're <laughs> we're a thing now. This is real. But no, you you can find the Cinemasters of the Universe feed. Just just straight up Cinemasters of the Universe. Uh, you can subscribe there. Uh, leave us a nice review if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we got a couple five star reviews right now, which is pretty good. This is just five off star. the new. Like we we had some reviews from the old Big Key Podcast uh, feed, but uh, it would it would help us a whole lot if you know you would just if you're listening to us and you're enjoying the show. And you want to just drop in, give us a review, rate us. It'll help us uh, find new new uh, audience members, and then, you know this it's just how it works. The more reviews, the more the more stars we get, the more people can find us. And you don't want to be selfish, right? You want to share the goodness. Exactly. Is that right? When, I mean, <laughs> when you found us, when yeah. you when you you've stumbled across us, yeah. And like, wait a minute, it's just a couple of white broads talking about just, movies, yeah. Don't don't trading let, cards. 
you know, TikTok. It, it's all good to to feel like you discovered like the new in like a band, you know, like I discovered yeah. these guys. I don't want them to go mainstream because then I'll hate them. It, you know, we understand, but we're not trying to be that big. We just want to, you know, we just want other people to to find us and listen to us talk about nonsense. Movie and nonsense. Even, and think about this. Even if we did sell out and we got to be huge one day. <laughs> yeah. And we were huge. First of all, you could be like, yeah, I have, I was fans of theirs way back in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Back, back when, when they were pure. Rods. <laughs> back, in, back when they were still good. Yeah. You could complain about us then. We would be a, we'd be something for you to complain about. But Kevin Smith... Who we did a who we did a podcast on? He's beloved by millions, mm. and he is a guy that will readily tell you how quickly he sold out oh and how quickly God. he would do. He it will again. sell. He put his name on anything to make a buck. Exactly. He will write his name literally on a dollar bill. That is us. We will do that. Yep. We'll continue. We'll, we won't change. We'll be the same two white broads, just a couple of tasty pieces. But a couple of tasty pieces. Mm, but we're but. Where was God? Where the hell was I? Yeah, so you could find us now on our own feed. You can also find us on our new brand new website. We uh, can be found at cinemastersoftheuniverse.com, not Angel Fire or whatever it is that you know Adam was saying before. <laughs> GeoCities. GeoCities. No, but you you can. It's it's a fun site because uh, not only are you going to get the latest uh, podcasts that we do, uh, but you you can also get. Hand just just like written words, like articles, like good looking articles written by you, not not yours truly, but the guy over there to the north. I mean, that guy is pumping out at least one article a week. I, I put down the words, and Ron puts the pictures together to make them look. <laughs> Once again, we're like, a team. We're a, we're team. a team. No, but you're but seriously, you you've been excellent. Like you know, you're you're getting one to possibly two new articles a week just on the website that doesn't have anything to do with the podcast. So, you know, check that out, cinemastersoftheuniverse.com. And I guess that's really all I have as far as the housekeeping goes. You can find us on um, Twitter. Uh, I'm at Ron Avis. I'm also uh, mostly on uh, at BitGeek podcast. Uh, I, do, I still do a lot of uh, tweeting and promoting via that account on Twitter. And you're available on at Nighthawk Smash. That's me. Where TJ Miller amongst and, and then other celebrities who've been the known Tige. To, yeah you the got Tige. mario freaking lopez yes. heard of him we've had we've had several celebrities that have uh that have liked what we're doing yeah so you know that so you know it's good we're, we're, which is nearly an endorsement nearly celebrity <laughs> endorsed that's where we're nearly celebrity endorsed. i'd like to think that tg miller and mario lopez and yes even kevin smith are our friends yeah, if if uh, if the Tej uh, knew what we were doing here, I think he would be like, "Yeah, I'm all for that." I think the Tej might be a guest on our podcast one day. I'm going to call on it right now. I think we uh, we should try and we should work on that. We should we see should. if we get that to happen. We'll, we'll definitely work on that. We'll try and get our celebrity guest list rolling. Uh, but I think I a think profile that's, on the Tej. All right. Well, that's that's all I have to say as far as that goes. And uh, man, it's been an excellent episode. Very. Uh, we well, as far as a rad day goes, this this went really long. So it was it was, but it was really rad. We packed some extra rad into it. I think it was extra rad. So that deserves one more of these. Excellent. I hope you air guitared at home with us. But for this week, I have been one of your hosts, the Rental King, the one who drinks, Ron Avis. And I have been your other host to the north, Adam Peterson. We'll see you again next time. <laughs>